Hello and welcome to the Swift Legacy Podcast, a show where we talk all things Taylor Swift with a focus on her early career. We're your hosts, Molly, Amy and Rachel, and today we're going to be talking about all the songs that Taylor has featured on. Hello and welcome back to the Swift Legacy podcast. Today we are doing a kind of different episode format to ones we've done before and we are going to go through all the songs that Taylor has featured on throughout her long, long career and we're going to start at the very beginning and we're going to start with Hold On by Jack Ingram which was originally released in 2007 then re-released in 2018. Now, this song was originally written by Blue Sanders, and that song was released in 2003, the original version. Now, Taylor sings backing vocals in this song on pretty much all of this song except the first verse, but that's kind of her contribution to the song. So, Rachel, what are your opinions, thoughts, feelings on Hold On? It kind of makes me a little bit like very proud of her because we know that she originally demoed Hold On for Jack Ingram because wasn't it, didn't it originally go to Sheryl Crow in the end? She He just kind of needed somebody to like demo female vocals to see how it sounded and because they were both on the same label at the same time, he just used her to do it because they were friends. So it was never really one of those that like she was going to be on because somebody wanted her. It was just she was the right time, right place to make a demo with him. Um, and it's really, really, yeah, it's, it's a really proud feeling to see it come out so many years later. And Taylor Swift is, I'm sorry, but she is undeniably bigger than Sheryl Crow, huge Sheryl Crow fan. But it has got to that point right now. And also, I really, really love that it was written by Blue Sanders because Taylor had previously written with him a few years before she recorded this song, which is another very little cool tidbit of information there. What did she write with him? Do we know? It was closest to a cowboy. Um, it was no, like, it was really happening. Closest to a like cowboy that. with Sharon Vaughan. I was oh, going to say, I thought, thought it was a woman closest to cowboy. Blue Sanders, Taylor Swift. This is really happening. It's such a good song. Yeah, yeah, I can this is really that. happening. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was going to say the lyrics kind of same vibe, yeah, like beneath really the atmosphere. Yeah, stars and atmosphere. Stars and atmosphere, and like right in there with the dust and the family car. Yeah. Fun fact: yeah. the first line of that song, "This is really happening," was taken from "Midnight Show" by the Killers. Was it? I've never heard that. Apparently, Sorry. it was. Yeah. Ah, I like the Killers. Molly, so what are your thoughts on Hold On? I will admit some of these early ones I haven't listened to in a very long time, partly because I don't really listen to country music outside of Taylor's old stuff and the kind of classic Amy's pulling her face, like a little bit of Dolly Parton (laughs) here and there. But um, I really like it. I'd forgotten how much I liked it. Lyrically, it's a really good song. I don't have many other opinions on it, to be honest, because I've only just re-listened to it. (laughs) I mean, I want to condemn you for saying that you don't listen to country music because, uh, ouch. Um, However, I can't, in in respects to this song, because I often forget this exists. And yeah, I listened to it this morning. I was like, I have not heard this in years. I really need to put it on some playlists because I fully just forget it exists. And I Mm. think that when... When songs are released and they don't have the brackets featuring Taylor Swift in the title of Mm. the song, I think so many people 
it just goes out of their mind like within forget, yeah. a couple of months. I don't think they even hear about it. To be fair, I don't think the majority of Taylor's like online fan base has ever even heard of this song. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, I mean, Jack Ingram was never big, was he? True, I mean, yeah. he has just been nominated for, I believe, the ACM album of the year with Miranda Lambert with the Martha Tapes. Oh wow! Oh, yeah. So he is—he is still doing things in the country industry, but yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone post reputation, I would maybe say, who hasn't yeah. like fully done a deep dive, like say I did in the Red Era, um, into her old old things. I don't think anyone is really aware of it, and that's really sad because it's such a great song so many of these are such great songs but they just don't get the recognition because people aren't aware of them yeah that's true deep cuts yeah i like is that what the, the name of this podcast is going to be deep cuts the deepest. oh i can't believe i'm just singing cat stevens <laughs> and cheryl crow to be fair uh and rod stewart that's even worse okay God, yeah, that's that's moving on <laughs> moving on very swiftly so the next song we're going to talk about is best days of your life by kelly pickler so this song was released in 2008 and Taylor actually co-wrote the song and she sings backing vocals. She also appears in the music video. As far as I'm aware, she's not actually, it doesn't say feet Taylor Swift, does it? Not on iTunes anyway. No. Which is strange considering she's actually quite a big part of it. I know it's only backing vocals, but she's, she wrote it. And the music it. video. She's, yeah, exactly. She's in the music video. And I feel like that's something you advertise. And this is 2008, so she was quite... I'm surprised a number of these don't have the feet Taylor Swift in, like the next one and the one after that. Like, because. Oh, I'm not surprised a... about John Mayer, but like, other than well, that. Well, no, but when it, when it came out. But I mean, she is a big part of the the, the songs, essentially, and she is a big selling point. At, mm. I mean, 2008. I love this song. Like, I think it's so fun. And every so often it comes onto the country radio station that I listen to and I just lose it. And I'm just like, oh my God. Really? I know, I know it's a real, it's like always really surprising because it's, it's so old. Kelly Pickler isn't really much of a name these days, but. Yeah, yeah. she's a bit of an, you know, she's, has she got kids now? Has she, or is she? I think she might have. She's married. Was she on the Masked Singer or did I make that up? Probably. I think, I don't know. I I may have completely made that that up. I don't know. I, I saw her name somewhere quite recently. Something like I feel that. Like I she don't know. Would do Some kind of reality singer. TV thing. Yeah, I yeah. feel like she would. Maybe she wasn't. Sorry, Kelly Pickler, if, if you weren't, but like <laughs> she's got a great voice. She does. She's mm. fantastic. Kelly Pickler is. She's just one of those people that just never. Um, I think honestly, it, it's a little bit sexist, but I think the world focused more like on her boot drop than on her singing, which is really sad. But yeah, yeah I mean, kind of what happened to her. There were there were a good number of really decent female country artists mm. around the time that Taylor was coming up, like Carrie Underwood, uh, Miranda Lambert, Kelly Pickler. I completely forgotten any others, but I feel like it was very much only a very select few could succeed, and unfortunately, one of them just wasn't Kelly. Mm. Yeah, but I will say that song. I really love the backing story of it about how Kelly was really, really upset when she and Taylor were touring with Brad Paisley, the Bonfires and Amplifiers together. She was really upset because she just found out her ex had moved on, and it's like seventeen-year-old Taylor's like, "Well, let's write a song about it, y'all." <laughs> and like that song is like the blueprint for Better Than Revenge, in my opinion. It's the country Better Than Revenge. Oh my god, I love that. I see that. Mm-hmm. Anything else to say? Favorite um, lines from Better Than Revenge. 
from better than revenge. I heard a cheater is always a cheater, so I've got my pride and she's got you. Oh, that is that one. That's a bad that's mm-hmm. a good one. I love how it starts with the chorus, like stripped, kind of stripped back. I really like that. And like, is it like a fiddle they've got at the start? Like, duh, 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 mm-hmm. duh. It's, it's quite a good example of how country music doesn't just like take one box. It's, it's a very diverse country song. Uh, it's not a bad song. It's not my favorite, but like, like I said, I'm not the biggest country music fan, which is so funny because my favorite Taylor albums are her country ones. So maybe I just need to listen to more country music. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I can recommend so much for you if you want. Yeah, go ahead. I was really into Kelsey Ballerini a few years ago. Let's move on to the next song that Taylor was featured on, which is Half of My Heart by none other than John Mayer. And this was released in 2009. So it was, shall we say, pre-Dear John era. Um, It was written by John Mayer and Taylor only really sings backing vocals on the chorus. And then she does a couple of echoes on kind of the bridge outro type thing. But I think her her vocals on this are really sweet. They really add to the song. And honestly, I feel bad saying it because we all know the fandom's general opinion on John Mayer, but I really like this song. Like I would would choose to listen to it. I think you can appreciate someone. Yeah, I think you can appreciate his music without supporting him as a person. Oh, for sure. This song in Kanye West was in her Spotify wrapped. Yeah, that's a bit sad. He has some good songs. Same. He does have some go. good songs. Yeah. yeah. It's it's such like a moral dilemma because it's like on the one hand, it's Kanye West, but on the second, on the other hand, he did write stronger. So <laughs> I I think Half of My Heart is a really, really good song. I think Taylor's backing vocals that adds a whole new dimension. It wouldn't be the same without her backing vocals. And that's a really big thing to say about somebody who literally just does backing vocals. But her, her younger voice, it's like her fearless era voice. And it, it really does add something special to the song, especially the lines that she sings on. And in my opinion, the way that he approached her to work on that, it kind of just like shows his whole character. And unfortunately, we have to think about that every single time we listen to the song in which he tweeted her saying, oh my God, I've just dreamed about this song and I need Taylor Swift in it. She is the Stevie Nicks to my Tom Petty. Like it's grooming 101. It really is. She was 19. He was like, what, 20, 29 at that point? Something yeah, like I think that. So. Yeah. But no. I mean, she, you know, there there is a reason that was probably the biggest song off of his, which album was it? Battle Scars, wasn't it? The Battle Scars album? Let me check it. I think so. Something like that. It was. It'll be the only John Mayer song I have on my Apple Music. Let me check. Battle Studies. It's like the biggest song of Battle Studies for a reason. It's the Taylor Swift effect doesn't say featuring Taylor Swift does it but I feel like that was quite like I think he was big enough at the time that everyone knew he made it known that it was Taylor Swift yeah 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 but also at the same time this was 2009 and he was John Mayer Mm. like Mm -hmm. that is that is saying quite a lot for the time period which I feel like he is he has very much faded out faded into the background now but at the time he was John Mayer what was the last Um, thing he released he, he got released. away with a lot back then that he wouldn't oh, do definitely. now. Like, he really, 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 really wouldn't. Like, the amount of things he said about, like, Jennifer Aniston and, like, Jessica, Jessica Chastain he went out with, like, he spoke about their sex lives, like, in such detail to magazines. And then the second Taylor wrote, Dear John, he's like, I feel humiliated. I don't know what she 
take details of a relationship public. It's like you can't have it both ways. You mm. literally called your ex-girlfriend a sexual napalm oh my God. and said that you would like like such like detailed stuff. And then it's like, no, you paint me is. a blue sky and go back and turn it to rain too far. <laughs> no. However, one thing I did find very interesting when re-listening to this song is this lyric near the end of the song which is half of my heart is a shotgun wedding to a bride with a paper ring, paper yeah. ring, paper rings. I'm not saying there's a connection, obviously. I know there's not a connection, Amy said obviously. when there are none. I just I think it's a very paper honest rings, lyric yeah. by him. I just, I just like, thought it was an interesting yeah. parallel. It's got good lyrics, the song. Oh, definitely. He's a good songwriter. He's an arsehole, but he's a good songwriter. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Half of my heart belongs to a man who's never truly loved anything. Like that's very on the nose for him. He is a good writer, and yeah. I don't think self-aware. Can, yeah, <laughs> I don't think anything can take away from that. But um, yes, as a person, not so much. We don't like John Mayer as a person, and we don't support no, John no. Mayer as a person. But we like this song. This is not a John Mayer support group. <laughs> However, so it, really is, it is a support group for people who like John Mayer's music against their better judgment. Acts. Okay, so moving on from He Who Must Not Be Named. <laughs> Molly, <laughs> would you like to go into the next song? So the next song is Two Is Better Than One by Boys Like Girls. So this one was released in 2010. It was on their Love Drunk album. Amy's very excited about this. It was written by Martin Johnson and Taylor Swift. So Taylor has writing credits on this. I love this song so much. I don't listen to it much, but when I do, it's such a good song. This song, this album, oh my God. I feel like we can't really talk about this song without talking about that picture, Rachel. What picture? Oh, See, see, you you knew you knew exactly what I was talking about. What Your picture? face has changed. There's a picture. picture. You know, you know, you know it. You, you know, know it. the yeah, picture. Yeah, I will. There's but a like... picture of Taylor and Martin from Boys Like Girls in a mirror, cheek to cheek, hugging. <gasps> oh yes, and no, I do know this. There's a big theory that Love Story is about Martin Johnson because it's about somebody she never dated, somebody who's a little bit older than her, and her parents thought were. Creepy, even though she really liked him. Yep. Yeah. No, that I didn't think that. it's possible. It's like the right time, like in 2007, well, actually late 2007, early 2008. Love Story was written March 2008. That's when she and Abigail were like hanging out with, with Martin Johnson, specifically from Boys Like Girls mm-hmm. and the whole Boys Like Girls band all the time. Love Story has always been one of those, though, that like I think a lot of people commonly mistake a lot of fearless for being about Joe Jonas, even though, of course, she wrote forever and always like when they were still together yeah. right when they were like about yeah. to break up so none of it is really like until you get to platinum edition like love song wise about him yeah i think a lot of this is kind of we don't know who it's about i don't think love story is a sam one i've got to be honest no. it just no, doesn't no. shake oh the sam bone in my body yeah <laughs> oh my god the, the idea that love story is about like country princess taylor swift and pop punk Boys like girls, front man Martin Johnson is just so weird. It's it like so, so much sense. It no, does it does make, make sense. so much sense. It's Emo just, Taylor it's just... is locked in Big Machine's basement, though. Fearful. <laughs> out. We want fearful. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh my God. It's true. No. it's true. I just, I love this whole theory 
an idea. Anyway, back to the song. Taylor sings backing vocals in the chorus and she has a couple of lines in the second verse. It's a really good song. I love it personally. What do you guys think? Underrated. It is very underrated. Did she write this? I've seen different reports saying she didn't. She didn't. She's got writing credits on it. Ah, yeah. I remember at one point, I, I truly believe she didn't, but I love the lyric. I remember every look upon your face, the way you roll your eyes, the way you taste. Like, that is like that kind of like descriptive, just on the nose songwriting. So good. It's very Taylor. Mm. Like when yeah. you look at some of the lyrics, from from what I saw, it was co-written by her and Martin Johnson. Nobody else. Um, but that that's what I saw in the writing credits. And I think you can see that. I think it, I think it kind of shows through mm-hmm. in the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's. I did, did they write more? Yeah, they wrote a couple more Speak Now tracks together, didn't they? Martin Do you Johnson, know what they wrote Taylor. together? Rachel? Yeah, it Do was. You um, if this was a movie and um, Drama Queen, wasn't it? Drama Queen. That's yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I. Oh my god! If this was a movie, is like one of my so underrated. I don't listen to so it good. enough because it just like it rips my heart out and it just makes me want to like. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's one of those. On and sob. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's, it's one of those songs that I feel like weirdly protective over how much I listen yes. to it. Like, do you know if you listen to a song too much and it just ruins it for you? I'm like, back no, I, I must protect this. Quite often, really. I was I'm, obsessed with back that to December song. when I first got into Taylor, and I listened to it over and over and over and over. And now I'm just like, oh, not back to December. And I feel like a bitch because it's a great song. It is a good song. Yeah, that's a very yeah. different genre than what she ever did before at that time, like orchestral pop. Like, mm. who was doing that at that time? She was very ahead of her time with it. Definitely. It's but if this was a movie, it is, it's, it's one of my children. I love it. It's one of my children. It's one of my children. So and this is why I want to hear Drama Queen so badly. I mean, Drama yeah. Queen is essentially better than Revenge's sister. It is a song about Camilla Bell, um, the Joe Jonas situation. And not only that, but it was written with Martin Johnson. It's got a lot oh, going for it, isn't it? Like girls. I fully, I please God, if anybody has Drama Queen, give it to me. I won't share it with anybody. Just give it to me. I'm mortified we were robbed of this song. I truly believe we were robbed of this song. If this, I don't think is, it will be. I was going to say it won't be on the Speak Now Vault because it's quite blatantly a Camilla Bell song. It's, and we it's, all know no. that. I have a feeling that it's probably too. I don't want to say misogynistic because that's it's not the word I'm looking maybe for. Maybe though, yeah, it's the closest yeah, I can be. get in my mind. Yeah, um, but I just we're allowed I don't a little think... misogyny as a treat. Okay, as a treat, just a little bit of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just I don't think that it's something that her thirty-two-year-old self could put out. Like, she did ethically. release Mister Perfectly Fine, so yeah, but Mister Perfectly Fine was not bashing Camilla Bell. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So yeah, the the two is better than one discourse kind of spiraled into my drama queen rant. However, (laughs) if we get back on track, the next song is two years later and that is Both of Us by Bob. Is that how you say it? B-O-B. B-O-B. Oh, do you say B-O-B? Bob. B-O-B, as I have now been informed, released 2012. (laughs) Now this was written by a good list of people. B-O-B, Taylor Swift, Amar Malik, 
Henry Walter and uh, Dr. Luke, who we will not go into any detail on. And Taylor sings what I would I would label it as the chorus. Yeah, I, mean, I think she it's opens the, chorus. the song, but then it it repeats, so I would call it the chorus. And listening to the beginning of this song, I was like, oh my god, this is just angelic. This is amazing. And then the rap like comes in, and I'm like, what the fuck? It, it is like a song of two halves. It's a bit weird. But... Very much. It's it's kind of like you get whiplash. It's like it's such a a sweet start, like the guitar, and it's like so nice with the lyrics and then it's like rap you're like I'm sorry what I do quite like it I, I think, think it kind of works. I just think it's strange I really but like I, it I think um mm. it was written backstage at the Speak Now tour Taylor and um B.O.B. wrote it together in, in her dressing room I think it was at the Detroit one I haven't I didn't look it up so I can't remember but I think it was the Detroit one or the Houston one um, and she came to him with the idea that she wanted to write a song about like political and racial unrest in the USA with that being like the underlying theme. And I think like as a 21 year old Taylor Swift in the Speak Now era, I think that was a really big thing for her to do. Not that it wasn't the right thing to do by any means, but I think there weren't really many other artists advocating like that, like in her kind of, in her niche, in her, in her area, in the industry, there were no other artists approaching rap artists and saying I want to write a song about this um and I think like for her to to contribute to writing a rap song as well I mean what was her only experience writing rap at that song like thug story at that point I was gonna say that was story that was a big oh, step did we not include thug story oh no she's not really featured on that she is that <laughs> song we're, we're such not a good one. discussing thug story I listened to so thug story unironically anyway carry on I mean it had it had the Taylor Swift effect again didn't it was that the same it was the Strange Clouds album was Airplanes on that I don't think airplanes was. Good. I don't think it was. I think I it was so. was slightly. But I'm pretty later. sure that because yeah, I was going to say I'm pretty sure that Taylor's was the biggest song on that one. But I was like, it was airplanes on it because that was huge. But I think Bob is really cool. I mean, he does. He is a flat earther. I don't know if he is anymore. But <laughs> I kind of just respect him for that because I feel like I have just, no like yeah. that's a that's an opinion that doesn't harm anyone. It's dumb, yeah, exactly. but like yeah, like yeah. Hold up. Do you actually mean he thinks the Earth is flat? He went through a time where he definitely did and he went on talk shows and was saying like, it wasn't like literally because like Earth is, he didn't, he go up in a weather cloud at one point to prove that the Earth is flat and then it was round. I don't know this much. He did, he got really into it. But I think, I mean, that's a whole other like conversation to have about like the powers that be in Hollywood and abuse of people and like, you know, like drug trafficking and human traffic. That's that's a whole other conversation to have. But um, I'm not sure how we got here, but okay. Yeah, he's, I think he's a really cool person. And like, he does like, he like stands up for the underdog. And I think that's what that song is all about, really. Definitely. I have to say, I am slightly obsessed with the aesthetic of the music video. Like, that's such a cute music video. And that the photos like, yeah. from, oh, no. Like, very Lana Del Rey. Red Ear. Mm. Like, the blueprint. It was so good. Yeah. And that scene of her with the dog and the stick. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I'm That was like of. every Tumblr girl's like fever dream at the time. You <laughs> <laughs> know, love that one. I think it's really, really good. I think it's angelic. I think, I think the lyrics are really, really good. And it was a really cool thing for her to do at the time. Yeah, I agree. Okay, should we move on? Yes. Mm-hmm. Right then, the next song that we're going to talk about is Highway Don't Care by Tim McGraw 
featuring Keith Urban and obviously Taylor Swift. Now this was released in 2013. It was written by Mark Irwin, Josh Kerr, Brad Warren and Brett Warren, who if you recognize those names, that is because they are the Warren brothers who co-wrote That's When, I believe. I'm yeah. right on that. Yeah, I was like, it it's either yeah. that's when or the one thing. And I'm like, they did two, didn't they? Did they do that's when and the did they do one they more? They did do another one. Um, give me half a second. They did long time going as well. Oh, that's good not one. what I was thinking of. It it's is a good, good one. one. Is it long time going or long time coming? I was just about to say the same thing, but it, I didn't want Amy to make it, fun of me. It, so. it, it was previously <laughs> known as long time coming, but I'm, I'm I think it's actually long time going. Long time yes. going would make more sense, but like in my um in folder, your brain. Long time, in my folder as well, it's long time coming. I think. Long time coming brackets, long time going. I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care is great. I think it was very full circle for her to <clears throat> it was very full circle. Obviously, she started with Tim McGraw, her debut single, and then to think that was only seven years later that she did her song with Tim McGraw. I remember her saying she was just kind of like waiting for that call. But I feel like a lot of things like huge, pivotal, coming of age, closing of a chapter, and maybe in the way of country music, like manifested itself for her in 2013, or maybe she worked really hard for them. But I think the fact that it was 2013 is quite poignant in her career, with obviously 13 being her lucky number. Kind of going like that now. Hold on, let me just get us back on track. Rain it in. Um, <laughs> thank you um and that that being one of them that was almost like closing the chapter for her country music like she collaborated with tim mcgraw that was everything she wanted to do as oh a country God. artist that's such a strange mm. way of saying it i want to cry that's yeah so emotional. Like, clocked in on her pinnacle aboard and dipped like went over Dips. to yeah Aww. then she went to victoria's secret and was like bye guys no <laughs> <laughs> true <laughs> but um no i think um I think people like the whole music video for that is to raise awareness on like not to drink drive, which oh, is like yeah, a really definitely. cool thing. Yeah. Um, sorry, just interjecting for a second. The other song that the Warren brothers wrote with Taylor is Welcome Distraction. That's the one I was Ooh, thinking of. That's I one. feel like Welcome I... Distraction. Do you not like Welcome Distraction? I love it. Oh, oh good. good, good. I love it. I think it's gonna be on debut Such goal. A good one. Really? Ooh, yeah, I could see I that. Really. Yeah. For some reason, I thought it was a more recent cut than that, but like I feel like that was just a very like like when I think about it, it's really not. I love it that was song. Two thousand five, like early really? two thousand five. It was originally a Sony song. Yeah, no, I did know that. I feel like just in my head, it's because it leaked more recently. So sometimes in That's my head, true. it's like. Um, but no, it was one of the first unreleased songs I listened to. I think, which is a bit of a weird mm-hmm. one. So in Highway Don't Care, Taylor sings backing vocals on the chorus in the second verse, as well as lead vocals for the pre-chorus, which is just the I Can't Live Without You, Baby. Um, And I just, I think her vocals with that song, with just, oh God, it's just, it's just perfection. Mm, I feel like Tumblr in that episode of Friends, where it's like gum would be perfection. (laughs) I really feel like, for the featuring Keith Urban, it's literally just him playing guitar. Like, would it have killed them to get him on backing vocals or harmonies? I wish they'd done that. Yeah. But then Me again, I, I, I'm I conflicted about him having featuring credits for mm. the guitar. Because yeah. yes, he is famous. And yes, the guitar is incredible. However, normally guitarists don't get a feature. So 
Is mm. it? I don't know. It feels I, like I feel like. Sorry, go on. Mom. I was going to say it feels like they brought him in just to tack his name on it. Like it doesn't yes. feel like like if you brought him in, you might as well get him to sing. So it seems yeah, a bit no, dumb. I if. agree. But then it's like you don't have Red by Taylor Swift featuring Paul Sedoti. <laughs> exactly. No. That's what I was. That's what I was meaning. You should. You should. Paul is an you icon. Fully yeah. should. <laughs> you should. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty Pauly Princess. Pretty. I can't even say it. Pretty Pauly Princess. <laughs> we need to yeah. do an episode expe- explaining that because every so often I just tweet something about Pretty Pauly Princess and like no one gets the joke. No one gets it. <laughs> I'm just sat there like, do people just think I've made this up? Am I weird? The old no, blogs are a treasure. I think maybe one of the reasons they specifically added Keith Urban in the features to get the, the song more attention because it was A, a single, and B, kind of a single to raise awareness about, like, drunk driving and stuff. Like, I think mm. I think they were very much like, let's get everybody's name on here. Let's, you know, get it as mm. much press as we can, which maybe they wouldn't have put a feature if it wasn't a single. Yeah. yeah. But um, it's a good album. I'm sure Amy will attest with me. I would, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I can't say I've listened, but anyway. Nine years old listened. now. Can you believe that? Nine I can't years. believe anything oh. is however many years old now. It's like, I was just thinking, yeah. like, it feels like, like, looking at the fact that that was released in 2013, it feels like it was such a long, long time ago. Yeah, like, anything in the teens for me is, like, really recent. So I was like, was it really released that recently? But you're right, 2013 is not recent in the slightest. That was my I, high school prom. I remember last year seeing a post on twitter that was like this picture of bruno mars seeing pete wentz in the street is yeah and i was like they're joking like it's not that long ago like this is a joke right and i then i did the maths and i was like holy shit Mm. that is actually oh i just have no concept of time anymore so like yeah no same i don't think the pandemic's helped that no definitely not because we've just been in like this absolute state of limbo for two years now someone told me 2017 was five years ago and honestly no fuck (laughs) reputation yeah that means the raptor was four years ago god four fucking years ago that makes sense because mathematically i was 20 and now i'm 24 but logically (laughs) no it doesn't make sense The next one on our list is This Is What You Came For by Calvin Harris featuring Rihanna. So this was released in 2016 and Taylor's not credited at all. But quite quickly, people people picked up on the fact that the backing vocals sound a lot like her. There is, um, I don't even know how to, I'm not even going to try that, Amy, because I don't know how to pronounce her like um, a pseudonym. pseudonym. Yeah. yeah. Nils Schoberg. Schoberg. Oh, thank you. So, Schoberg. I would have said Nils Schorberg. There was all of the pseudonym drama. Let's just say that. Um, Mm. I'm sure anyone who was around 2016, 2017 will remember how that all played out. Uh, But Rachel, do you want to give a little recap for maybe the newer fans who weren't here for all that? I love this story. I love telling this story to like everyone in my life. So thank you for asking (laughs) me. So Calvin Harris went on a radio to promote his new song. This is what you came for. And they were like, I think it was a Greg James radio show. Can't remember. Might not have been. And they were like, would you ever write with Taylor? Your your lovely girlfriend. You're both so musically achieved and talented. And he was like, uh, no, it's never come up. Uh, I'm not saying we wouldn't, but I just don't think it would mesh well. Anyway, they go to Coachella. She, he plays a song. She promotes it everywhere. She's like, they get matching jackets for it. This is what you came for. Anyway, so they break up and she's like, 
actually I did write that song and that's your number one song and that's your biggest hit ever and I'm Neil Schoesberg and then he was like don't try and bury me like you tried to bury Katy Perry and then she was like what and then they all deleted each other's Instagram pictures so yeah that kind of wraps it up obviously he later admitted in a tweet that Taylor did backing vocals Uh, if you google it you will find much more information on the drama but we're gonna class that as a song that Taylor was featured on because technically I say she was. So the next song is I Don't Want to Live Forever, which is obviously Taylor Swift and Zayn. This was released in 2017 for the Fifty Shades Darker soundtrack. It was written by Sam Dew, Taylor Swift and Jack Antonoff. It was really different at the time. Um, Yeah, you guys, if you're listening to this podcast, you know I'm a really big Taylor fan. I'm a really big advocate for um, any song that anyone in the world hates. I will find a reason to like this. I didn't vibe with this when it first came out. I didn't. But weirdly, anyone that I know, like not in the Taylor circle, for example, my partner, they think this is like her best song ever. Isn't it not her most streamed song? Like it's... it's This is what I mean. Yeah. It's really Really? popular. Yeah. But as like a deep cut, like hardcore, like very old Taylor Swift fan, this just doesn't like scratch that Taylor rich for me. No, I'm the same. I mean, I don't think it's a Mm. bad song, but it's... It's never something that I choose to listen to and it's not, you know, it's just not yeah. that good. I, best lyric, wondering if I dodged a bullet or just lost the love, lost of, my the love of my life. Like lyrically, it's, mm. yeah, there are some really, really good lyrics in there. Um, but it just, I don't know, sonically, I don't vibe with it. Yeah, I think the fan fan base was very divided because... What what year did this come out? 2016? 17. Was it? So, 20, was it early 17? Because it was way before so, Reputation, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, way yeah. before Rep. Oh, she, yeah, she was pictured walking out the studio in 2016 after recording it. Yeah, I remember. Um, how old was I at the time? I would have been 20. And I would have definitely felt like I was on the, on the older end of the fan base at that point. I don't know about you guys. You've been like 18, probably feeling the same. I 17, was yeah. Yeah. 16, so, oh no, I probably would have been sixteen if it's early twenty seventeen. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember how divisive it was that A she wrote it for Fifty Shades, the franchise, mm. and B she mm. was in like lingerie in the music video? And I think that was the first time yeah. she ever. I mean, done I wouldn't anything call like it that. lingerie. It really wasn't. I remember it, them filming was it that. Not? Music I thought video. she was in like garters, a bra, and underwear, and like a dressing gown. Do I not sort remember of, that? Yeah, she had the kind of dressing gown over, and oh, it was all black, really. and it was so dark that you couldn't really like. By <laughs> yeah, I know, but like yeah. industry, it, it's it wasn't exactly. Yeah. I just remember that being like divisive. I, I really do remember it. To be fair, oh, it was definitely yeah. divisive. Um, mm. But yeah, the fan base was divisive when she did Victoria's Secret. Some people were literally on like Taylor Swift. Oh, like, I, I am no longer a fan. I am so disappointed. <laughs> I don't think it was. It was the which year was it? Twenty fourteen that everyone was like. Because the other year, did she do it 2013 and 2014? 2013, she pretty People much wore like, dresses. Yeah, yeah I was going like, to say, that was fine. she wore she wore underwear, I would not have been happy. Like, they yeah. were like that. And then 2014, she came back like, here's my ass. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she no. came back and was like, I'm an angel. <laughs> Good for I don't, honestly, yeah. I don't really remember. I guess, I don't think I was really on social media well I was but like I feel like I was kind of taking a break around that time anyway so like mm-hmm. I don't really remember the drama around it I just remember thinking it was a good song and being really pissed off because I remember them filming the music video and I can get on a train from where I live and be at St Pancras Renaissance Hotel in 20 minutes 
and I was so tempted to go but I was I don't know what I was doing that day I don't know if it was just a school day or something I know but no every time every time I go to London now I will finish off in that hotel I have a drink it's so expensive I drink at the bar and then you can I don't, I don't know if you're technically allowed to do this but I always go up to the hotel and like walk the corridors to go to the toilets Molly that's a bit so weird I'm gonna be honest with you well that's where the bathroom is <laughs> but it's the same hotel they filmed the wannabe music video in oh really oh, yeah the, oh, you know those famous cool. steps that are like yes. yeah 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 no, that's where the one of you, and then you go up the steps and then it's like along the corridor that you can see where they did the kind of corridor oh walking scenes. It's a nice hotel. They do good cocktails. Now, the next one, we will probably just skirt it over because Taylor did obviously re-release this herself on the Red album, but she was also featured on the Sugarland version of Babe, which was released in 2018. Obviously, Taylor wrote it with Pat Monahan of Train and re-released it solo without any features on Red Taylor's version. I think it's interesting that we do have two versions of Babe and one has her backing vocals and I think they're, they're very differently produced without mm. being that differently produced that doesn't even make sense but I can't mm. lie I didn't really vibe with this song until Taylor re-released it and I sound really? like such a suck up yeah I sound like such a suck up there but like no, no. yeah I really do but like everyone who listens to this knows that I dislike like half the songs that we talk about on here so I feel like it doesn't count but I didn't really like this until Taylor re-released. I, I liked it. It's a good song, but like I, I wouldn't put it on a playlist. But um, maybe it's just yeah. Sugarland's vocals that I wasn't the biggest fan of. And they're quite, I wasn't a yeah. massive fan of Sugarland's vocals on it, to be honest. And I would definitely, I would always choose the solely Taylor one. Mm-hmm. Um, what about your promises, promises? Yeah, but I don't, I don't dislike, dislike the Sugarland no. version. Can we just talk about the fact that Taylor has I red hair in the music Sugarland, video? I prefer Sugarland, to be fair. Oh. Hold on a second, Rachel. Yeah, what did good. you just say? I do. I prefer the Sugarland version. Really? I really do. I really yeah, do. But you have like, some questionable opinions, so. That's true, yeah. I don't think that's that questionable. I mean, I don't mm. personally agree with it, but I can understand it. I think maybe just because it's the version that I like, always like heard the first time. And I really, really like, like the outro of the vocals. Um, and I mm. think that. I just think that all of their voices go really, really nicely together and that having the extra voices on it adds a new dimension to it. And I really yeah. like the I really like Sugarland production a bit more than the mm-hmm. red one. But mm-hmm. I, you know, it's just it's just like a different side of it, really. Like I appreciate the red for what it is and I don't dislike it at all. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So if we are moving to the more recently released features, there is gasoline by I always say Haim, and I know it's Haim. But I, I've always, like, since they they started, like, being friends with Taylor, and I've always said Haim in my head. So, to me, they're the Haim sisters. I don't really care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, this was written by the three Haim sisters, if we're going to use the right pronunciation. And I can't pronounce this, so I'm going to do my Rustan, best. Rustam Batman. Ma- Batman Bat- Jill. Man- yeah, no, I've butchered that, but yeah, me too. So Taylor sings the second verse on this song. And honestly, I think it's a good song, but I don't vibe with it enough to choose to listen. See, I love Heim, so this one's on my playlists. Like I love this song. We're polar think... opposites, aren't we? We really are. <laughs> <laughs> How are we friends? I no. don't know. I really like them. 
and I I mean I prefer this to um oh my god why can I not remember the name of the song what's the one they've got on Evermore together my head is just going I think she did it it's nobody not that no at crime. All. nobody no crime thank you yeah I prefer this to that yeah. I feel like it's it's much really? more balanced in terms of I can't even unless I'm listening for them I can't even hear Haim on Nobody No Crime like I feel like their no, biggest feature is the, man- the mention of Esty's name that's true right hey. Rachel you are the deciding vote gasoline yes or no I like it I think it was definitely overshadowed by Fearless Taylor's version like hugely yeah. so okay so again in 2021 there was also Renegade and Burt by Big Red Machine and Renegade was written by Aaron Desner and Taylor Swift, aka the brains of folklore. Wait, that sounded that sounded like I was dismissing Jack Antonoff. That's not what I. <laughs> That's not. He what did I have a bigger part of Evermore than Jack. Jack only did like one or two songs. And, and yeah, Jack, so what did Jack do on Evermore? He really didn't do much, did he? No, he was working this with Lord. This is the Jack yeah. Antonoff aunties club. I'm joking. I like Jack Antonoff. I know. He seems like a really genuinely lovely person. Yeah, he does. I've become obsessed with Don't Take the Money by Bleachers. So I'm I'm a new That is such (laughs) a good song. Oh, I get Let's Get Married stuck in my head all the time as well. That's a good one. And there's one more. Bleachers are good. I haven't listened to the full album. I need to do that. Um, Anyway, so Renegade, which Taylor sings the lead vocals on, and I prefer this a hundred times over to Birch would you guys yes yeah agree yes yeah. I think every I don't know a single person who Birch is not a bad song mm. Mm. <laughs> okay it's not Birch a good is, song I think I think it's an acquired taste I think it's much more Big Red Machine than like if you've listened to any of their other stuff yeah very much more I hear that for their kind of fan base whereas Renegade is kind of like Taylor and I like Big, Big Red Machine. I like, well, I, I like the National and I like Bonavert a lot, but I feel yeah. like it's it's such an acquired taste. Big Red, the Big Red Machine. It's very like Rachel said earlier. The lyrics don't really make sense in Birch, whereas Renegade clearly tells a story. And I think that kind of storytelling aspect is the bit that appeals to like Taylor fans. And yeah, Definitely. it was written yeah. rather more. So yeah. I went on Reddit actually when Birch was released because I didn't, I just need to go on like that pop heads forum and just see like what the, the takeaway from it was. Um, and a lot of people were saying that as big Red Machine fans or like as Bon Iver fans, et cetera, um, he kind of like, the Bon Iver, they kind of have a more, um, it's not really about what words mean. It's more just the way they sound like to the ear, mm-hmm. like audibly if they rhyme, if they sound nice. Which is Amy's face right now. I wish you guys. I'm could sorry. See it. As as a <laughs> hobbyist songwriter who has been brought up by Taylor Swift, I just want to say, what mm. fuck? Yeah, pretty much. But what I know Taylor's fuck? is more storytelling. But I feel like lately Taylor's has kind of become a bit blended, like with the folklore and Evermore. Like how she she said she picks words that she likes, like effervescent and like you know, like Aurora and sad prose and. She picks mm. songs that she she picks words that she finds pretty sounding to to incorporate in songs. The difference is she does build a story around it, and she does grammatically make like make sense. it make sense. It's not to be rude, but Birch grammatically it doesn't make sense. It literally just is the way the words sound and the way they mm. they're nice on the ear. But if you're, and to me, to me, yeah. that's not songwriting. I, I it's not submerging be... in a story. It's not. Exactly. It's just no, it's it, making it, background noise. It's it's songwriting. It's just a very different style of songwriting. Mm. I suppose. And I, I think maybe from following Taylor from her country yes. roots, country music is essentially every song is a story. And yeah. I think 
I think maybe we're more used to that, would I say? Yeah, I yeah. definitely agree. I mean, she did this as a solid for a friend, really. That's why she's yeah. done this song. So well, she's on barely Birch, on Birch, to be honest. Yeah, yeah so. she only does backing vocals. It's uh I I will be honest and say if it came on shuffle, I would skip it. Yeah, I'd have it more, on in the background, yeah. but I wouldn't actively listen to it. No. I just can't sing along with it because it doesn't grammatically make sense. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, if, no, It's not a song you sing along to, though, really. Yeah, exactly. So is it... I've got to take Amy's side with this. Like, I don't know, she's like... Amy's like the Simon Cowell of the podcast. Thank you. I'm like, who would I be? Like, Molly's like in the middle. She's like... Molly's you're like Google. Gary, Gary Barlow. Right. <laughs> anyway. I'm like Sharon Osbourne. I'm just like laughing at everything yeah. and just enjoying uh, it all. Louis, no, you're yeah. Louis Walsh. You're, you're, you're <laughs> Louis Walsh. <laughs> right. you yeah, actually, I am. Yeah. I'd you really like are. Fucking like Wagner on my team. Moving on to the most recent song that Taylor was featured on. That is The Joker and the Queen by Ed Sheeran, which came out a couple of weeks ago now. And this song is from his album Equals. And what do you think, Molly? I think it's a very strange choice for a radio song. I think me and Amy have discussed this before. It's very... Extensively. Yeah. Lyrically, it's good. It's not a bad song. I don't dislike the song. And I think Taylor's vocals on it are nice. I think it's, it's, it's just an odd song to promote to radio. And he's got... He must have paid... I don't know how much he spent on radio deals for this song. But it's played like I think Amy said every hour on Heart or something ridiculous. Yeah, it's just not a it's not a radio song. It is the one of the most bizarre radio single choices that I have heard. Like, yeah, it shouldn't be successful at radio. It's not commercially viable, really. When you look at it, no. Um, it's I tend to lean towards the songs that aren't commercially viable when listening to an album, but I don't even lean towards this one so I just I'm not saying that it's a bad song but I'm I'm not a fan of it um I'm not a fan of the equals album in general honestly I've not listened to it I was I was really disappointed to be honest the songs that I like best from it are probably Shivers and Bad Habits which are the singles which is Shivers is quite a good song actually it's weird for me to kind of be a fan of those but I just think Ed Sheeran has moved away so much from what kind of the original fans fell in love with, like the lyricism of the Plus album, which I know Mm -hmm. we talk about a lot on here. Um, But yeah, I I think it's sweet that they've done another song together. I like that they are working together as friends after all, like constantly during their friendship. Um, and I like that they use the Everything Has Changed kids in the music video. However, as a whole, it's not something I would choose to listen to. And it is probably something I would skip. Yeah, I liked, um, did you see him sing at the Brits? With Bring Me the Horizon. What? He opened the Brits with Bring Me the oh, Horizon. Oh, no, no. Did you not watch the end of the Brits? No, but did you see his hey. performance with Bring Me the Horizon? No, I didn't catch the beginning. I don't know where the fuck I was. But Good I God, the that was the most bizarre what thing. That, oh my God, it was it was so weird. He was like, he was just saying bad habits normally. Da, 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 and mm-hmm. then Bring Me the Horizon guy goes, ah! What? 
<laughs> I haven't Please. watched The Bridge yet. I just saw Anne Marie fall over and left it at that. Yeah, that's funny. Please yeah. watch it. It's it's it is okay. the it's the weirdest combination. It should not have happened. In my if opinion. we if you had to compare the because I haven't listened to Joker and the Queen yet. If I if you had to compare it to any previous Taylor Ed song, which would it be? Um, to any previous Taylor and Ed song. What Taylor or, or just Taylor Ed song? song? Oh, Taylor or Ed song. Um, I don't think there is one. It's very melodically like repetitive. I'm trying to think. Mm-hmm. Of. I don't know uh, whether I would say hoax, and I don't. I, know why really? I was going to say cowboy like me. I can okay. see that actually. Yeah. It's just like I, I just said, I, I don't, don't vibe with it. I don't dislike the song. I wouldn't choose to listen to it, but I don't think it's a bad song. I think. It's just promoting it as a radio single is a weird choice. And I know that Ed is all about Ed promos hard. And I feel like yeah, he, the, yeah, the music gets lost his, in the fact that, mm. yeah. So no, not the biggest fan, probably won't go on a playlist, but I do really like Taylor's vocals on it. I don't think it will go anywhere though, because it's a really strange radio choice. It is. <laughs> I've been can I just say like as as clarity for like anyone who might be listening to the podcast like I have like since start of 2022 I've had like a huge social media cleanse I have no social media on my phone I just have like whatsapp and I, I talk to these two and organize the podcast so I'm a little bit behind on stuff like I went on the news the other day and I think I texted you guys like what the fuck Taylor's in St. Ives like just yeah. literally right yeah. by me Unfortunately, that's all we've got time for today. Thanks for listening and don't forget to follow us on social media for exclusive content. And we will see you again next week with a new episode of the Swift Legacy Podcast.